All right, I'll, I'll take two. We'll start again. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. <clears throat> we had a, a whirlwind weekend, busy weekend, Friday evening. Had the pre-wedding celebration with Christian and Caroline. It was a really great time of fellowship. We had a great message that came to us and great music. And we got to meet uh, Caroline and uh, got to talk about... Uh, all things UVA and uh, discuss what program, the program she's in and things uh, about UVA and uh, really enjoyed that. It was, a, it was a great time of fellowship. And then uh, <clears throat> yesterday, the uh, Valentine's Banquet and uh, I've already gotten a message this morning. It was the greatest banquet ever. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm not sure if it rates quite <clears throat> up that high, but uh, someone saw it that way, so thankfully. Um, it was a really good time and uh, a, lot of, a lot of laughter. I uh, <clears throat> was telling the early service uh, during, during the uh, banquet yesterday, the Scripture, I think it's in Acts chapter 2, came to my mind that uh, talked about uh, uh, that I thought these people had had too much wine. This was at Pentecost. <laughs> and Peter responded and said, well, it's only the ninth uh, or 9 o'clock in the morning, which this was at 11.30, but there wasn't any wine involved. There was just uh, uh, laughter and good fellowship and good stories and um, you know, we had uh, a newly a couple on Friday night there will be newlyweds in a month or so, and then we had some testimonies of people who had been married over 40 years, 30 or 40 years at the Valentine's Banquet yesterday. And people shared from their heart, which when we come together with believers, that's what we should be able to do. And uh, it really, really spoke to us a lot of the things or some of the things that people had to say. And we, we shared laughter and tears yesterday. So it was, it was really a great time together. Uh, you're coming together, together today. I've been looking forward to this for a while. But wanted to have a time, and I hope we can do this every year, to, to recognize our senior citizens and, and those that have been long-term members here that, that have been faithful for a long time. And uh, was checking through the records, some of the old directories, and uh, we have members here, which Paul and Carolyn Scott, which Paul, is, you were told, uh, was is in the hospital, but Paul and Carolyn have been members here since the 70s, over 40 years. And we have other members as well uh, that are still active that have been here um, for over 40 years. And uh, as that last song we sang, it talked about faithfulness. And, you know, it's easy when things are going well to be faithful, to hang in there and be faithful. But when things don't go so well, you hit the bumps in the road and you have you disagree on things. And uh, uh, you, when you continue for the, the greater good, for what God has called you to be a part of in spite of your differences and opinion. And so I, we, I had a former pastor that came to me regularly, and it stuck with me all these years, but he would come and just thank me for, thank Peggy and I for our faithfulness. 
And uh, you know, there's a couple things you can do. You can show up, and you can you can uh, be thankful. And two two easy things to do. But uh, yeah, I want to to recognize the seniors for their faithfulness. And we have people here that have served in in a very various different positions of service. And the the beautiful thing about it, the important thing is they they saw it as service. You don't see it promoting anyone promoting themselves. But we've had greeters and elders, um, deacons, kitchen staff. We affectionately call kitchenettes, and um, who will also sing for our entertainment occasionally. Uh, grounds people, maintenance staff. Uh, people that served on committees, those teach, some that support missions programs. Uh, and I don't, don't leave anything out or leave anyone out, but we have people uh, that are in support of ministries and people that are faithful, folks that are faithful. Um, in Romans 12, it talks about the uh, components of uh, service. It talks about administration, encouragement, evangelism, faith, giving, hospitality, teaching, showing mercy and wisdom. And we have people that are involved in doing all those things. And, uh, you know, I have to add, Laurel Hill is blessed with some people with a wonderful heart of service. And... uh, yeah, after being here a few years and you see that and you, you see these people involved in things, but uh, you don't see any, uh, any self-interest uh, that comes from these people. It's a heart of service and it's a wonderful Christ-like thing to see. And I want to quote to a verse or read a verse from uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13. It says that we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and to be at peace among yourselves. And that's what I want to do or one of the things I wanted to do and I found a scriptural basis to do it. It says to recognize those who labor among you. I mean, we're here ultimately to honor the Lord, but the scripture tells us it's okay to honor and encourage those that are served faithfully among us. And these people, and I'll quote another verse out of Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. It says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest but each of you to the interest of others. And that's what I see among these people that have served faithfully for many years, that they didn't do it. You don't see selfish ambition. And that's a sign of spiritual maturity when you do things apart from selfish ambition or conceited or wanting to be seen or be heard, but to do it out of a heart and spirit of service. So that's what we're here to do today, and that's my main goal. And I don't mean to leave anyone out or overlook anyone. And I, I really would love to mention names, but I don't want to put people on the spot or embarrass anyone or recognize someone and not recognize someone else. 
But that's what my hope is today, <clears throat> is to be able to honor and recognize those seniors and long-term members uh, that are among us. So before we go on, uh, if you join me in prayer, we'll pray for those folks and pray for our congregation. Father, we're thankful to be able to gather again and to worship uh, to worship you this morning. And I just want to to lift up those uh, that have been faithful here over the years, Lord. And uh, Lord, you know the hearts. And I just pray, Lord, you would uh, bless their lives. Lord, bless them. Continue to give them purpose. Give them strength and bless and use them, Lord. And I, I pray uh, that they would be an example to those that are here today. And I just pray you would bless uh, the word, the, uh, the scripture that we'll share this morning, your word, and it'll be an encouragement to those that are here, Lord. We uh, just pray you bless our time together, that you would be honored in it. Uh, I thank you for this time, Lord, and the opportunity. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I wanted to mention a few things, and uh, you know, coming into the 20, 21st century, uh, becoming a senior citizen, there are a lot of adjustments that you make in life, and uh, things that that you adjust to, and with the technology and and uh, phone marketing, and so many things that go on, there's opportunities for seniors to be taken advantage of to a level that has never happened before. And uh, that was one of the concerns of mine that uh, beginning to work in the senior ministry. But, uh, you know, seniors, we've had to adjust and become more tech savvy. And, uh, you know, we've had to adjust to iPhones and smartphones. And you see a lot of us carry iPhones and smartphones now. And, you know, we've had to uh, to learn to adjust to that. I went recently to uh, and purchased a, a set of hearing aids, and uh, when I sat down with the technician, he loaded an app on my iPhone, and he said, this is how you operate your hearing aids. And he said, you can turn them up or down, and you can have one setting for church, one for a restaurant, one for just a conversation. I said, well, this is kind of high tech. I said, most people that get these things are in their 60s or above, you know, and do people adjust to this well? And he said, oh, yeah, it's a simple, it's a simple app. And I said, okay, you know, I'll, I'll roll with it and we'll, we'll be okay. And I've really gotten to the point that I like it. But I, uh, it's one of the things we have to adjust to. It's a different time, a different level of technology. But we have to adjust to our, uh, to our smartphones and one of the differences that I see is their young people, uh, they have, they have uh, these smartphones and iPhones. They're not intimidated by them at all. They can use them and do anything. But uh, I found that they have pictures of their friends and they have events that they go to, places that they've seen. They have all that on their iPhone. But as senior citizens, we have pictures of our grandchildren and we have a copy of the latest MRI that we had <laughs> so we can refer to and show our friends when we get together. So 
So we also, you did, probably didn't know this, and you weren't aware of it, but I just want to enlighten you somewhat, even you younger folks. We have our own texting codes. And uh, just in case you weren't on top of this, uh, everyone is familiar with the texting code. When you see BFF, you know what that means, or you thought you did. But that actually means uh, best friend fell. Uh, so there's also BTW, uh, which means bring the wheelchair. <laughs> and then there's also uh, GGPBL. If you can figure that one out, you're really sharp. That means got to go, pacemaker battery is low. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's, yeah, that's a good time. You don't want to let that get too low, I don't think. So uh, anyway, we're adjusting, coming into the uh, 21st century, and we're learning to deal with all these things. But uh, I want to use as a, as a scripture reference for the message today out of Psalms uh, chapter 71. And we're going to look at verse 5 through 9, and then we're going to skip down to verse 14 through 18. And... Uh, the verses that we're going to read, we'll talk about that a little bit more, not a great deal, but they're going to read, but it talks about David and his adjustment from youth to becoming, to uh, getting older and uh, not being the young warrior that he was in his early, early days. So anyway, if you'll uh, turn with me, Psalm 71, 5 through 9, and then we'll Drop down to verse 14. It says, For you are my hope, O Lord Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. By you I have been upheld from birth. You are he who took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of you. I have become as a wonder to many, but you are my strong refuge. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. and Do not forsake me when my strength fails. And then go on to verse 14. But I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. For I do not know the limits. I will go in the strength of the Lord God. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. O God, you have taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. Now also when I am old and gray-headed, O God, do not forsake me. Until I declare your strength to this generation and your power to everyone who is to come. So we, pardon me, we see from the life of David when he looks back to his youth, and you can see the testimony of the faithfulness of God in his life from his youth. And we know, you know, he he slew the giant and he he killed the the lion and all the works of his youth and the mighty things that he had done. But David can see the day approaching. 
that he's no longer a young man and he's concerned about the day that he feels like maybe, you know, I'll no longer be used by God. And obviously that, that's a concern to David. He says in verse 9, he said, Do not cast me off in my time of old age. Do not forsake me when my strength fails. And you can see, you can tell the concern in David's voice. You know, God, don't forsake me. Don't not continue to use me as I get older, as I age. When my physical youth uh, usefulness is gone, don't forsake me. Don't, dis, don't not continue to use me any longer. But we can see when we read down uh, in verse 14 through 18, we can see how God really props David up in those following verses. God encourages him. And you can see David there, the, the quotes that he makes. He says, I will hope continually... I will praise you more and more. He said, My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. He said, I will go in the strength of the Lord, and I will declare your wondrous works. He said, Until I declare your strength to this generation, and your power to everyone who has come, who is to come. So you can see that in those verses, when David's having concerns, having questions about when I'm old, when I'm gray, God, can you use me? Can you still use me? And you can see that God uses these verses, Lord, to encourage him and to prop him up and say, David, I've been there since you were a youth, and I will be there when you're old. And that's what I wanted to encourage people today, and we'll talk about that more as we go along. But I wanted to encourage you not to lose hope in your old age that you can serve in the work and the purpose of God. God can still use you. It may be in a different way than when you were younger, but he can still use you, and he still has a purpose for you. The scripture tells us in Ephesians 5, verse 15 and 16, and I'm reading from the New King James Version, by the way, if it reads a little differently than what's on the screen or in your, in your Bible. But it says that, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. And the word circumspectly there. Uh, just means cautiously, deliberately, not taking the time for granted. Don't take your time for granted. That's something as you get older, you see the value of time more than you ever have before. And he's saying don't take that for granted. And it doesn't, doesn't mean that you have to work from sunup to sundown in, in your yard and do every errand that you have. But he's saying to see your time and watch for your opportunities that God gives you. Walk cautiously, deliberately, but don't take your time for granted. Redeem that time. But we're uh, not only here to serve those that have, or to honor those that have served faithfully.
over the years, but we're here to honor and to value their vision, the vision that they had for this congregation going forward. And you see the things that have been done over the years uh, that kept uh, the congregation. You can see the vision going forward. And the scripture tells us, you know, without a vision, the people perish. We have to go forward with a vision. If we have no vision, we'll die. We'll die of old age. We have to uh, have vision and go forward and leave a heritage and inheritance to those that come along after us. How do we leave a spiritual heritage for those that come after us? So I can't give you a great example of how to leave a spiritual heritage. Maybe I can, but I can give you a good example of how not to. When I recently uh, retired from the University of Virginia, um, I was having a talk with someone approaching retirement, and they were mentioning to me that I should put a plan in place to make the transition more seamless to make it easier when you leave that the, the, there won't be so much of an adjustment for the person that comes after you. And uh, my first reaction was that to that was, uh, I don't know if I want to do that or not. When I leave, I want them to miss me when I'm gone. <laughs> I don't want them to, you know, just to uh, have such a seamless transaction that they don't remember that guy that was here all those years. You know, I want them... To, uh, to remember that guy that really tried to do a good job that was here before, but I, I, yeah, at the moment I didn't realize how selfish that was. But, you know, we have to remember the same thing as we move forward with a vision for our congregation and for our future. And even in the, in the, the simpler things that we should leave a pathway for those that come after us. And, uh, you know, even in, in my, uh, my selfish example there, we can learn something even in the times that, that are, uh, we uh, celebrate victories, but we learn in our failures as well. And, uh, you know, others can learn from our failures. And we can minister to others in our weakness. But one thing we can learn especially from our seniors, is to take advantage of their wisdom for the future. I, uh, before I retired, I, there was a gentleman that I worked with at the university, and he was uh, chairman of the chemistry department. Uh, and uh, actually, he was the chairman of the chemistry department in 1955 when I was born. And so there was an article in the UVA, uh, there's a UVA Today uh, electronic newspaper type of thing, and it was an article that this doctor had turned 100 years old last summer. And uh, when I was still at work, he would come by and he would purchase chemicals and he would order chemicals, have them delivered to me, and he would come by and pick them up. And he was an uh, extremely kind, uh, gentle, nice man. And, uh, but I found out that he would purchase these chemicals. He would come by and pick them up, and he was going home and doing reactions in his garage. 
And so at the time, I I'm not so sure that's a good idea. But this guy was really sharp, and he had lived to 90 doing the things that he was doing, and obviously uh, he had a good, sharp mind. And uh, he... Uh, See, there was in something else in the article, and it talks about how he still uh, studies uh, Spanish, French, and German. And he has a daily routine of exercise and music. And he's, now he's suffering from macular degeneration, but he has his daughters come to his home and they read to him so he can continue to learn. And there was a quote in the article that really struck me that's not... In a spiritual, it's spiritual in a sense, but it just, it's common sense. But he said, as the years go by, unless you plan your time, time just passes. And it's a really important thing to, to grasp onto. Because if you don't plan your time, if you don't have a vision for the future, time just passes. In Psalm 145, verse 4, the scripture says, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. And it's one of the purposes of one generation interacting with those that follow is to pass along the things that God has done in our midst over the years and pass those down and leave a tradition, an inheritance of faith and trust and pass along God's grace and God's mercy. And one other thing I want to mention is, and I know that our seniors are underused and, and are available, but to use our seniors as a resource. Um, we should never overlook the resource of our senior uh, senior adults. And, uh, you know, as you can tell, obviously, that, that the body gets older, but the mind stays sharp, the mind stays young, some more than others. But I was talking to someone yesterday, and I, I told them, I, you know, I think in my mind I can go out, I can still go out and throw the ball, and I can make a diving catch and uh, make a catch in the end zone, and I can, in my mind, I can still do all those things, and uh, there might be a 911 call shortly thereafter. <laughs> but, uh, you know, my mind is still young, and we have, we have the benefit of experience to pass along to those that come, come after us. But, you know, it's, uh, as the number of people in our senior community continues to grow, and uh, it's important that we recognize the older community, but they have much to offer. We need to recognize what they have to offer, or what we have. I shouldn't say they. Hopefully I have something to offer, but they have years of work experience. They have child-raising experience. They have wisdom, talent, money, and failures and victories. But you know, their ability uh, to serve 
to pray, to visit the sick, and to work in mission efforts, among many other things. You know, when I call our seniors, and there are several that I call that I know that should be should be checked on regularly. You never know how they're doing, especially in this time of year. But I have some seniors that I call, and they tell me when I call them, they said, I, I pray for you every day. And you, you don't know how much that means to me. Because I call and I want to encourage them. But that's about the most encouraging thing that you can hear when you call and someone tells you, I remember to pray for you. And another thing I would encourage you, the senior adults in our congregation, I would encourage you to try and get to know them. You know, one of the ways that we can... uh, interact and build from one generation to the other is to understand each other better, have a stronger understanding and a better appreciation of one generation for another. Every generation has has their own struggles, and, and this generation obviously has their own, some that we've never seen before. But when we understand each other's struggles and our difficulties, it makes it easier to interact and to build a bridge between one generation to the next. And some of the older adults and seniors uh, have lived through difficulties, but they've experienced God's grace in really in very real ways. And I would encourage you and the younger members, you know, to invite your seniors to share those stories, those examples of faith with you and help to support you and help to lift you up and build you up. And so I have a quote, an anonymous quote. I couldn't find someone to attribute this quote to. But they're talking about as their life gets older. And uh, it says, when I review my life, it takes on a different character. It's less about how, how I've lived and more about the life of Christ in me. So it's less about your accomplishments, but it's more about what you allowed God to do in your life over the span of your life. But one thing I want you to make uh, make aware or to reinforce that your seniors are one of the most valuable assets in our congregation. And one thing I want to emphasize to our seniors is to continue to live with a purpose. Never lose purpose. Uh, as Paul reflects on his life, and we read in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, this verse 7 and 8, he says, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. He said, finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me only, but also to all who loved his appearing. We can see that Paul fought the good fight, and he ran the race, but he ran the race to the wire. 
any of you that, that watch uh, races track and field and you see people that falter coming down to the wire, we need to run the race to the finish. And we see, I'll quote one more verse. Um, what we know about the life of Job, and we've, uh, we've heard about his struggles and the, everything he lost, and he lost his children and everything he owned, his cattle and uh, all his possessions. And he, and he had three friends that gave him really bad advice. And at the end of uh, Job, chap- in chapter 42, uh, God asked Job to pray for his friends, and uh, God restored to Job everything that he had lost. And it says in uh, Job chapter 42, verse 12, it said, The Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. So just what I want to say to you, regardless of the difficulties, the trials that we deal with, that we go through, and, and many are unique to senior citizens, and I know everyone has trials, but many are unique to senior. You learn to deal with things that you haven't had to, um, to deal with previously in your life. The struggles are different. But regardless of your ability to do things physically, we can continue to encourage one another. We can encourage and continue to pray for one another. Not to lose your vision to see God do things in our congregation and in our brothers and sisters, those that are around us, by our prayers, by our encouragement. You know, there's... There are things that we can do that we are know we know that are God's will. Encouraging one another is obviously when we search for God's will, being thankful in things. In all things give thanks. We know that's God's will. Being thankful is an example to those that are around us. And we have much to be thankful for. So just in closing, I... Uh, As I said earlier, it's difficult to, to honor people and, and not put them on the spot. But uh, we have many people, and I hope we can do this regularly, that, that should be honored. And I hope that I've honored in the words that I've said by your faithfulness and by your service. And uh, I'm thankful for that. And I, I just see that, that servant's heart in people here. And I appreciate people willing to serve God in that way and to submit and allow themselves to be used in that way. So as, uh, as a close, we want to celebrate communion. We celebrate communion together. If you have your uh, your bread and, and your juice, And uh, that night in the upper room, Jesus shared with his with the brothers, and he shared the bread with them. He said, "This bread is my body of the new covenant, which is given for you. So as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me." 
So take and eat. And he said, this, this juice that we partake of is the blood of the new covenant, which is given for many. He said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me and take and drink. And so before we have prayer, just say one more thing, and I hope... Um, that the words that, uh, that I've had to say have uh, helped you to have an understanding of your seniors and the, your, the senior adults that you see and that you uh, are brothers and sisters with those that have come before you and the things that they've done. So I want to take a minute and uh, before we have a final song and uh, just pray together and pray again for our seniors. Father, we, uh, we just thank you again for the time we could look at your word and um, the truth that's in it. And, Lord, we would draw strength from it. And I just pray you bless the lives of those that we've mentioned, Lord. And I didn't mention anyone by name, but you know the names and you know the hearts. And, uh, Lord, you know the servants' hearts of those that... Uh, that we've talked about and Lord I just I thank you for them I just pray they would be encouraged today that we wouldn't lose vision uh, Lord that we would uh, continue to see that you uh, will continue to use us Lord even as we grow older and uh, our physical abilities fail but you can still use us Lord and in other ways and uh, I just thank you for that and uh, just pray you would you would help us, Lord, to span the difference in our generations, and Lord, that we would come together as one in Christ, Lord, that uh, we could serve you as as a unified body. We would uh, uh, set aside divisions and differences, Lord, but you would use us in a way that that you would see fit. We thank you for your love for us. Uh, bless each life, Lord, that's uh, represented here today. I thank you for them. And uh, we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would everyone stand, please?
Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for being the holy God, the only one who is worthy of our praise. Lord, we thank you for the blessings that you give us. We thank you for the blessings of, of children, of our time as we grow older. Lord, we thank you for the wisdom of those who have lived a long life and can share those experiences with us. Lord, we thank you so much for all that you do for us, all that you supply for us each and every day that we take for granted and expect. But mostly we thank you for Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen.